Mike Seibert Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to Mike Cyber Radio. I am your host. That's really loud. Um, if uh, this is Mike Cyber Radio, I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I'm at Mike Cyber Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Cyber Radio, and write into the mailbag, Mike Cyber Radio at gmail.com. And the spelling on that, by the way, is S E I B E R T, exactly the way that it sounds. Don't be fooled by those mispronunciations out there. Um, let's see. This is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week. And this week, as uh, things might sound a little bit different, we're uh, we're on location in the KGRG studios, and I am joined by a very special guest. A, uh, a uh, I don't want to use the term old friend, but I would say definitely a uh, classic friend, a good friend. Uh, I'll take it. Very good. So, uh, Andrea, how uh, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm so glad to see you and talk. Yeah, that's what we do best. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, we've uh, you know, we we were in KGRG together for I I, I would say what at least three years. Good couple give, of give years, or take, maybe yeah. maybe within overlaps because mm-hmm. I mean it's like I started in summer and I want to say you started maybe like the fall or yeah, something like fall. that. So and then. Um, so yeah, I mean, so so we've uh, you know like we we've done the occasional show together, um, not consistently though, but uh, <laughs> but no, it's 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 always fun hanging out with you on the air, and and actually even outside of having these dumb microphones, I just I just really enjoy our conversations. We have we, some good ones. We really do. It's 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 uh, and and we find ourselves on all kinds of uh, sundry. Uh, salty topics. It, oh, it yeah. seems. It seems the salt gets passed around just back and <laughs> forth. <laughs> but I, I gotta tell you though, no salt today because uh, today is a very special day, and uh, we are going to be unpacking um, a a movie that we both really enjoyed. Not uh, bearing the lead too terribly much, but we are going to unpack Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Um, so we're we're going to talk about you know kind of our hot takes, uh, what we you know what we liked about it. Maybe there's something to say that we didn't like about it, but spoiler alert, I'm really hard pressed. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll uh, you know kind of go through the plot and the characters if. Uh, you know, if we have time, but really it's just kind of more having a, a conversation just about the movie and what, uh, you know, that we liked it uh, so very much. So we're going to get to that in just a hot sec. Now, I don't have any of my goofy sound effects uh, with me here because I'm, you know, kind of sort of on the road, but um, I do have an incredibly exciting announcement. So you'll just have to use like, you know, drum roll sound effect in, in your head and use your imagination. Oh, there we go. Thank you, Andrea. That's very, very sweet. But yeah, no, I I, I have a, a very exciting announcement. I teased it on uh, last week's show, but because of the way uh, recording schedules go, I, I, um, I, I, I don't want to get into the weeds. I was going to say I recorded the show before the announcement came out, so I didn't 
get a chance to talk about it. Uh, but I do want to let folks, everybody know, yeah, go ahead and hit that drum roll. I love that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, man. So uh, as, of, uh, as of last Wednesday, the uh, lineup has been announced for Crackle Fest 9. Yay, Crackle Fest 9. <laughs> so that is uh that is going to be happening on March 15th at the Hard Rock Cafe in Seattle during Emerald City Comic Con weekend. It's always the uh the Friday of Emerald City Comic Con uh doing it its uh ninth iteration celebrating uh the beginning of the celebration of 10 years of nerd rock here in Seattle with the pioneers of nerd rock Kirby Crackle, they will be the headliners. Um, also on that bill is a word burglar who also does like a lot of uh, nerdcore raps and flows, and it's he, his stuff is pretty cool. Nice. Um, and then also um, acoustic uh, nerd rock super duo Mega Thruster from Portland will be there as well. Um, so it's a it's going to be a stacked lineup. But the reason why I wanted to make this uh, super exciting announcement here is. Um, the show will be hosted by the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Ooh, yay! So that, so I, I'm really excited. <laughs> That's uh, so cool. Yeah. So basically, what what I'm going to do is I'll be doing like a lot of like stage announcements and things like that. I'd be like, hey, give it up for Mega Thruster, woo! You know, and interacting with the crowd and and actually, uh, um, folks that have been listening to like the last several podcasts that I've done have heard me tell some of the stories of some of the stuff I've done in the last year. I've done a couple uh, band announcements already and, and, you know, done, done some hosting and things like that. So this is kind of like, this is kind of like a new exciting level for me where it's like, I've, you know, I, I've been going to the show uh, pretty much every year. I think I've missed one or two, but it's, it, it's, it's a hell of a thing when you can go from being a fan of a thing to turn around and being a part of the thing. That's next level stuff. Yeah, it's next level stuff. So I so I'm super excited about that. Again, uh tickets are on sale now. I will have a link in the show notes, but that is going to be uh Friday, March 15th. Uh show starts at 8:30. Again, that's uh going to be Hard Rock Cafe downtown Seattle, just a block or two away from the Washington State Convention Center, home of the Emerald City Comic Con, uh featuring uh Kirby, Kirby Crackle, uh Word Burglar, Mega Thruster and me uh and yeah that's uh, emerald city comic-con and uh kirby crackle presents crackle fest nine a night of nerd rock so uh more information as it happens i'm sure i will uh be talking to some of the performers and doing doing interviews and say i'm all choked up i'm so excited <laughs> um can't speak um uh, but yeah no i i'm i'm really excited to be a part of it and it's uh Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I, I was talking to Lucky about this before I left this morning. I'm like, do I, do I have to be funny? <laughs> and she's like, no, I, I don't think you have to be funny. I think you just have to be you. Yeah. I, I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Because yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a comedian. I <laughs> just uh, clearly, but yeah, no, I, I just like to talk about the stuff that I'm passionate and excited about. And, uh, speaking of, we'll, we'll just transition right there. Let's, uh, um, so Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, uh, happened over, uh, over the holidays. And I, I remember Andrea, when I, I saw you posting about it on, uh, Facebook, I was like, Ooh, Hey, hey that's really rad. I'm glad you liked the movie. But then I saw, 
that you saw it a second time. Yeah, I never do that. And and that was <laughs> I'm like, oh, there needs to be a conversation to be had here. Like, because um, I I mean, again, we we've talked about this before, but we we've been we've been itching to do uh, some podcasting together for for a very very long time. Oh, and yeah. and yeah, I just I just thought that this was a a really good opportunity to do that. So um, while I bring up uh, some information on the on the computer because I haven't done that yet, <laughs> um, why don't you kick us off and just give us like you know get out your oven mitts and just kind of give us like your scalding hot take about the movie and and what you thought about it overall Mm -hmm. um overall i just thought how cool is it that there's now a superhero story for this new generation that's what i that's what i really 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 loved was that i thought okay we've heard the stories over and over and over and they all kind of are the same um especially with spider-man we've had three now oh yeah and I'm like, okay, this one's different. Mm-hmm. This one feels like modern and cool and just um, not over the top. Like, right. I, I, I think I said this to somebody, I forget who, but I was like, they could have taken this guy, this kid, Miles, yep. the main character. Mm-hmm. He's like, what, in middle school or something? He's like 14 or uh, yeah, around, I, about. I, I, would, I would say early high school. Early high school. Um. The people making this movie, they could have said, okay, this guy's a young teen. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to put Snapchat in there and he's gonna be on he's gonna be on Facebook all the time and that's how everyone's gonna talk through yeah. social media. Like they could have really overdone it with like, what do teens like? Yeah, it's like, oh, he likes avocado toast or yeah. is is again on Snapchat all the time, you know, mm-hmm. all, all of the cliches yes. that um, us old people, and I could say us because I'm in that group. But yeah, the, you know the stereotypes that old people have of young people, and mm-hmm. it can come across as very disingenuous and insincere. Right. So I liked that they okay, yeah, they'll show kids, you know, using a cell phone. That's realistic, but they weren't <laughs> like o- like doing overkill with right. like we have to make this so techy and mm-hmm. super mainstream. Like you don't you don't need to do that. Yeah, it was yeah. it was respectful of young people, and that's what I liked. It it didn't just showcase all the like the TikTok, yeah, and whatever. <laughs> don't get me started. No, no, nobody's on a uh, TikTok. Nobody's doing jib jab or yeah, something. or whatever they're doing. <laughs> Whatever the kids are doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, if if the kids are doing it, it's it's not on my radar anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I'll I'll speak to like what the kids did three years ago, back <laughs> when I was around more young people, and yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I I I totally agree with you, and I and I'm glad that that resonated with you that that uh, authenticity. Yes. Um. Yeah. Because that that's um that's something like when when you're writing for teenagers that that's a hard thing to do because yeah. i mean i i can't think of anything off the top of my head but i'm sure there have been just awful examples of just like oh this is this is written by a 40 year old white man that spent an afternoon in a mall and suddenly he thinks he knows teenagers also maybe file uh, some paperwork on that fella but i 
<laughs> just I don't know. Just I don't know what his deal is. Well, no, I, I I've heard I've heard writers talk about that before. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, I hung around in the mall and took a bunch of notes, and I'm like, it's kind of gross. A little creepy. It's a little creepy. Actually, I have a perfect example mm. of what you're just talking about. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I don't know how into the video games you are. I'm not super into video okay. games, but I played Life is Strange a couple times, which okay. is a really cool game. Uh, but the dialogue is the worst part about it. Oh, really? It is so obviously written by like by adults who have never encountered a teenager, right? And it's about high schoolers. Oh, jeez. They they say they say the weirdest stuff. They're like bitchin', wowzer. I'm like I've never heard wowzer, wowzers. Like this girl, all she says, everything that that bothers, like is like surprising to her. She goes, oh, jeez. Wowzers. I'm like, yeah, that's, you're not a 17 year old girl, that, not from this planet, at least. Yeah, that's not OK. I mean, I, I guess it would be one thing if you're trying to be quirky and kitschy and stuff, because I mean, like Wowzers, I mean, that's a thing from the 80s. I mean, that that's like an Inspector Gadget re- uh, reference. So is bitching. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, I mean, that's. That, that's really cool. And and I think a lot of the stuff that we're going to unpack as we go through like the, the plot and talk about the characters and things like that is 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 that authenticity. And I, I come at it from a completely different angle. Mm-hmm. But ironically enough, our viewpoints are exactly the same because as a crunchy comic book nerd, this hits all of my buttons. Mm-hmm. So I'm, on one hand, it's authentic to actual teenagers but the thing that i love about this movie the most is that it's a celebration of everything that's amazing about spider-man yeah and and every aspect of it because i mean you know with all of the different characters you get to you know see different aspects of the spider-verse or or whatever but you can see that Spider-Man is a pretty cool character. Yes. And oh my gosh, he's and, my favorite. And I think this movie more than any other one including the Tobey Maguire ones and including uh the new ones uh in you know in the MCU proper um you know running around with the Avengers and stuff and and nothing against Tom Holland. I mean, I think I think he's great in in the role as Peter Parker, but but this movie uh Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse I think is the most authentic fully Spider-Man thing that has ever been put out there because it it goes out of its way to respect everything that's come before um not just the movies but also the comic books and the cartoons and I mean there's there's everything in it it was a uh, it was my favorite movie of the year wow. uh for for 2018 I I spent half of the year thinking that Mission Impossible Fallout was my favorite movie of the year mm-hmm. I love that movie. It's it was a lot of fun. It was uh, it was a uh, really cool, great action. But then, like two or three days before Christmas, we go to see this this Spider Man cartoon, and it just blew my hair back in, in a way that a movie really hasn't in a really long time. And this is a year that we got the Infinity War. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like what Infinity War? <laughs> exactly. And it's like, oh, well, this was like the big Avengers movie. This is the one that we've been waiting 10 years for. That's the thing we've been building up to. And it's fine. I like Infinity War. I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to trash it or anything. 
but this is a movie I'm going to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's one of these. It's a movie that I can't wait for it to come out on home video so that I can buy it and I can watch it again and again. Because um, I mean, even at a uh, at, at 117 minutes, this movie's just short of two hours, and maybe a little long in in, in times, um, which uh, which we might get to, but. It's it's very watchable. You can just sit there and just watch it over and over. Whereas with Infinity War, that movie is almost three hours long. You have to invest an afternoon if you want to watch Infinity War a couple times. And I mean, it's like I've seen it once. I saw it in the theater. I have not watched it since because I I don't I don't know if I have enough ticks left on the clock to where I can watch a three hour movie, even if it is like you know the greatest superhero movie ever or or whatever. But um, but yeah, maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I just, I, I just really liked that it's um, just how refreshing it is. Yeah, and I get the feeling that's a term we're going to use a lot because it's refreshing in so many different ways. You know, I mean, to say nothing about diversity and inclusion, which will will definitely is is important to the movie, mm-hmm. but it's just it's just visually interesting. Oh yeah, just the animation alone. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> well, and you know, as as we're recording this, this is uh, uh a while after uh Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse won the Golden Globe for best animated film. As it should. And that's that's a record that's been held by Pixar for like 15 years it's like whatever the pixar movie that's out gets it Mm -hmm. um and yeah it's so for something like this to come out and snap that streak that alone i think is kind of it's an indicator of how special this movie is and it is a special movie i agree whereas like you know i i love Pixar movies. Um, oh, and again, we talked about the Infinity War. Well, this was also the year that we got Incredibles two. You know, oh, yeah. a, a movie that we'd been waiting fourteen years Ugh. for. So not bad either. It's fine. It's totally fine. But yeah. I, I don't remember it. Isn't that yeah. weird? It's like it doesn't stick with me. This movie sticks with me. Yeah, it's it, like, it definitely it struck a chord with me where I was like, oh, oh, this marks a new era. Yeah, this. This marks a new a new era of new stuff because I mean just in the last couple of years we've had people or we've had movies be like oh we're doing sequels and all these shows are yeah. coming back and I'm like where's the new material right and it's like while Spider Man is has been around for years and years this was so different that I don't even put it in the same category yeah as all those other Spider Man movies mm-hmm. or other Marvel Marvel stuff I'm like this is. This is in a league of its own. Yeah, it, it's it's its own thing, and and again that that's what uh, that's what makes it special. So, um, you know, so uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse was uh, released back on December fourteenth. So it's been out for oh my gosh, only a month now. It feels like it's been longer. I've been bumping that soundtrack for, <laughs> for a while. <laughs> um, so it, it runs 117 minutes, like I said, just under two hours, uh, made for a budget of, get this, $90 million. Now, I say that in a time that animated movies cost like 120 Um And your live action movies, again, like your you know, your Avengers or your Spider-Mans or, you know, I mean, like Spider-Man Homecoming costs like $120 million. Mm-hmm. 
So to for this to come in as what it is at 90 sounds very expensive for an animated movie, but um, so far at the global box office is made $305 million. Uh, people love this movie. And, oh, yeah. and, and again, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of great re- reasons why. I mean, um, I mean, shoot, just, uh, just with the cast, mm-hmm. you know, everybody is really good here and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some of the characters as, as we, uh, as oh, we yeah. get to meet them. But, yes. uh, but yeah, no, I mean, just, yeah, starting with, with hot takes, I'm, I'm glad that you really liked it and I appreciate the reasons that you liked it. And I, I, I especially dig that they are different reasons than, than why it struck with me. It's, it's cool that like it, cause that was the thing I wasn't sure of. It's like, is this a movie for like just the comic book nerds? Because mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll, I might drop some science as we go, but like, I mean, like this is like hip deep in Spider-Man nerd stuff. I mean, it's like, there's like Easter eggs in pretty much every uh, uh, frame of film wow. going on. But what I like though, is it, your response to that. It's like, yeah, but it's, it's just a cool movie. It, it's cool that all that stuff is there for you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that, cause I mean, again, that, that was something I was fearful of. And I, worry about that with the live action movies because mm. they get really deep in the mythology sometimes and i wonder if they're drifting so far away that it's not as much for casual viewers anymore mm-hmm. whereas with this i think the movie does a phenomenal job of holding your hand and explaining everything about the world and everybody in it and and they do it in a way that's clever and fun. Yes. I was about to say that they do it in a fun way. They literally give backstories yeah. and they, you know, flip the little pages yeah, yeah, and say yeah. like, this is my story and this is me yeah, and blah, blah, yeah. blah. It, now you're up to date. This is me. Yeah. It's like, my name is Nicholas cage. And I, I've been, <laughs> I've been Spider-Man since, you know, and, and for 10 years I've been the one and only Spider-Man and they, yeah. and it always ends with that. And I, I thought that that was again, really clever. And, and again, in a lot of those, you know, t- just talking about nerdy Easter eggs, we're using real comic books. Yeah. You know, that, that just that, that kind of thing. Um, so before, uh, before we dig into the, the plot, um, I, 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 I want to spend a little bit of time just like on the, the visual aesthetic, Oh, okay. because I mean, that's the thing that, that's, that's really the engine that drives this movie mm-hmm. is again, it's just that, that, visually interesting uh type of thing and for me at least um again i talked about like all these nerdy comic book references but it feels like i mean and and this gets thrown around a lot oh it feels like a comic book brought to life this one actually does and actually is because it uses uh, panels mm-hmm. and speech bubbles and text boxes and the shading the um the shading that they use on like face and what, yeah. like, what I can't remember what's called like cross etch, whatever yeah, uh, cross hatching, ha- cross hatch. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so yeah, so you have like these this meticulous animation that looks like it's hand drawn. Well, it looks it looks like there's almost like a like a mixed media aesthetic because it right. looks like it's a combination of like hand drawn but also computered. Um, also like with like that, that rotoscoping technique where they're like, they film actual actors and kind of, 
You know, oh yeah, yeah, I you know see, what you're talking about. Yeah, you mentioned TikTok earlier, and that's like one of <laughs> one of the freaking filter things that you can do with it. It's oh. it's we're not talking about TikTok, <laughs> <laughs> but but no, it, it's it, it's all of the the character designs are uh, strikingly interesting. Everybody looks unique, mm-hmm. you know, like in terms of like you know everybody's got a different body type and things like that, and it's not just you know the same model A hero. Um, but the the thing that that really just I, I just really kind of got me down in the feels uh, visual wise is the way the coloring was portrayed. So like the uh, I mean, obviously, it was very vibrant and colorful. Yeah. But what I liked is like there there are times where like things are out of focus mm-hmm. and you think like your eyes are screwed up. It's like, no, they they did that on purpose because yes old school comic books looked like that. Mm -hmm. And even like where like you could see like, you know, like the colors, but it looks like it's like a series of dots Uh that that's, you know, I mean, that was like the old uh, coloring process where it was like, it was all, um, you know, before it was like digitally colored, it was colored using, I don't remember what the process is called, but you know, it's like, again, it's a series of dots, right? It's, it's, it's essentially printed pointillism that they're using. Thank you. Yeah. That that's, that's what I was thinking of. And so you have that and then you have it where it's like, it'll be off. Mm-hmm. Like, like you'll see like, you know, red bleeding over a shoulder or something. It's like, is that a coloring mistake? No, it's like they put, they, they specifically put in imperfections to make it look more authentic. And that was what, like, like the first time I saw that, like the first time I saw it, um, I, I thought something was wrong with my eyes. And I'm just like, I'm like, because, eh, you know, I'm getting older. I, you know, I, I, I wonder sometimes if like my vision is going back. It's like my eyes will get blurry if I stare at a computer screen long enough, uh, you know, just eye strain, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I saw like it would change from like frame to frame. And then it again, it took me a few minutes to pick up on what they were doing. But once I understood, I was like, oh, they're doing that because they care about this stuff and they care about capturing a distinct aesthetic and an authentic look. Yeah, and, it was a it was a stylistic choice mm-hmm. that was totally on purpose. I mean, where what, what other movie have you seen or f- show or whatever? Have you seen where those two different, very different mediums are blended like that? Right. Where it looks hand drawn, but it's on a 3D sort of mm-hmm. figure, but there's shading and there's this and that where you're just like, this is, it's just, it's kind of, it's not, I, I was going to say it's jarring to look at, but it's just, it's just so new. I was, yeah. it, it really captures you and you're like, wait, hold that. Like, <laughs> what's happening? Okay. Okay. These are just two things happening at the same time interesting okay (laughs) right well and it's happening so fast that unless you've seen the movie before you don't know what's uh you know what the score is and what's going to happen it's like and again you you kind of go through that mental checklist of like is this is this okay do i need to go talk to a manager (laughs) or something it's again so it's uh, jarring is a good word because it, it it takes a little bit to get used to yeah because you want to be you want to be able to to distinguish what Mm -hmm. it is and you want to be like is this animation like 3d animation or is this 2d animation what's happening what's happening (laughs) i don't understand i've never seen this i've never seen this it's it it was just so different Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's crazy so uh 
so as I said, you know, like as as we go through and talk, I'll I'll point out some some neat uh, nerdy geeky stuff. Um, Please uh, do, <laughs> and and I'll try not to bombard you too much. And actually, you know, if there's something like you have questions on, uh, I I can try to answer as best as I can. Like I don't I don't read a lot of the current Spider-Man comics, but. But I know from Spider Gwen, I know who she is and a little bit about her. And I, I could tell you that, you know, Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider Ham, was totally <laughs> a, a real co- thing. A totally a real yeah. thing. And uh, a comic I got a lot when I was a kid. Because cause it, it was really kind of how he's portrayed in the movies. In fact, all, all of the characters, uh, you know, all of the Spider Verse characters are taken from the comic books. Yeah. Some some are more obscure than others, like you know, uh, you know, like uh, Penny Parker and her, her mech suit. Oh I think, yeah, yeah. I, I think she was like in like one comic from some alternate reality somewhere. I wasn't as familiar uh, with her, but but definitely uh, Spider Man Noir is is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's done way better in this version of it, where it's it, it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah, but uh, and, and what a bizarre choice. It works. What though. such a. It's, <laughs> It's like <laughs> it's almost it's almost a, more of a bizarre choice for him to be like, okay, I'll be Spider-Man in yeah. this weird alternate yeah, universe. I'll be a 1930s Spider-Man that's black and white. Yeah, <laughs> and literally can only see in black. Yeah, and it's white. like everything <laughs> is this purple. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. All right. So, um, so the 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 first nerdy thing uh, I wanted to point out was like, so the movie opens with this uh it, it's black screen and then there's a lightning flash and it says there there's this little uh, postage stamp looking looking icon it says like you know approved by the comics code authority oh yeah yeah so what that is is like you know um uh the comics code was kind of like a kind of not necessarily like a rating system not like video games where it's you know you have different levels it, it's it's like a go or no go type of thing it's like, you know, the comics are either code approved or they aren't. Mm. So, and basically what the comics code was is it was kind of like a, a, you know, kind of like rules and guidelines to just make sure that, you know, the content that you're putting out in mainstream comics is, you know, okay for community standards. Um, and that was, that was a staple of comic books from like uh, the 50s. In fact, uh, a brief, brief history on on the comics code that that kind of came out of um, some like, you know, Senate committee trials from like the 50s where, you know, like uh, uh, people were like, oh, my God, these comic books, they cause a juvenile delinquency. And and uh, yeah, it, it was it was a weird time. So basically what the what the comic book industry, the companies did was they're like, OK, well, we we will make this committee this comics code authority and they will put their stamp of approval on stuff so that like the comic books won't hurt the children anymore Mm. so can we still publish comic books yeah sure go ahead and and so that was kind of the thing so from like the 50s all the way through to the early 2000s every comic book that came out from like Marvel and DC and and some of the other companies would have this this uh, uh comics code seal on it so it's just something like like when I grew up reading comic books, it was just something that I grew accustomed to seeing on on uh, those uh, comic book covers. Um, in the early two thousands, uh, Marvel Comics uh, specifically decided that, that you know what we don't need the comics code anymore. Um, not that they really 
change the standards or anything like that. But what they did is they, you know, it allowed them to put out some more mature related titles. Like, you know, you can, you know, put out some more uh, Deadpool type oh. uh, type series, <laughs> uh, you know, or maybe some like more violent versions of the Punisher and really kind of like the stuff that you're used to seeing now in, in movies and uh, in the Netflix series and things like that kind of doing them as in the mainstream comic book. So they decided that the uh, comics code was, was a thing they didn't need to carry anymore. But my point being is like it, it, it instantly gave me nostalgia tingles because I haven't seen the comic code stamp on a comic book in 15 years. Oh, so it's yeah. like, it's like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And, and to me that kind of set the tone. It's like, all right, this, so this, this is legit. <laughs> well, and because, um, and a lot of, it's easy to overlook Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is rated PG. Yeah, it is. It's not PG 13. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're not saying shit all the time. <laughs> Cause I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't mean to be a, a, a movie prude, but I think something like, like, for example, uh, I saw uh Bumblebee and that's uh that's PG 13 and, it, I swear a lot of these characters is just like shit this shit that shit 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 they're so edgy and yeah exactly and 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 it gets to be a bit much so it was kind of it's kind of nice to where it's like and and I think parents kids whatever we're kind of used to PG-13 comic book movies where it's the same thing you know even in that infinity war you know it's like shit 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 and yeah it's it's kind of kind of nice to have have a superhero movie that's clean for lack of a better term yeah and you don't miss any part of the edge exactly it stands alone it doesn't need any help from being like "Ooh, we say bad words right right it didn't need that yeah and and so yeah i just i just thought that that was uh um really cool and just just really uh, set the tone, but yeah, let's. Uh, so, so I have I have the the Wikipedia up, and so I'm going to use that as kind of like a reading guide to kind of go through this plot, and we'll kind of you know again talk about the characters and and things like that. So it starts. See, see, I don't remember how the movie starts because like it, it starts in the plot description. It says Miles Morales, a teenager who admires Spider Man, uh, struggles to adjust at his elite boarding school and live up to the. Ex- expectation of his parents they're condensing it a lot yeah Uh, i think where it starts is they show peter parker and they give his whole backstory oh yeah that's right and and that's your first introduction to my name is peter parker and you know it's like i i do this and that and this and that and for the last 10 years i've been the one and only spider-man yeah, I married Mary Jane and blah blah blah. And yeah. I, oh, he. Oh my gosh, the fact that he referenced the dance from Spider Man Three, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm on board. Exactly. <laughs> well, and and so you get a lot of references to a lot of the previous Spider Man movies because you get you get the dancing. Mm-hmm. You also get the uh, stopping the train in Spider Man Two, which I oh. I think is one for for me at least. I still think one of the best comic book action sequences ever. Um, it, but it's all in montage, so it goes mm. it goes by very very quickly. Yeah. Um, and like you know, he's in the cafe with Mary Jane, and the the car tumbles through. 
Um, and yeah, just we're we're referencing a lot of those old movies. Oh, I think I missed I, I missed some of them, but you can't mistake the dancing. Yeah, that's the one that stood out. I was <laughs> like, all right, I see you making fun of your own movies. <laughs> yep. See, and and that's the thing too. It's like it's very it's self referential, but and and it's meta, but not in a way that say Deadpool is. No, you know what I mean? Because like in Deadpool, you know, I mean, we're breaking the fourth wall and we're talking to the audience and we're very self-aware that we're in a movie yeah. and and you, you're not getting that with this. But no. but that's that's what I love about about uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is that it acknowledges all of the history of Spider-Man. Um, even like, you know, jumping way ahead in that post credit sequence. I mean, it's like, I mean, <laughs> it's like, we're going way back, yeah. um, on that, but yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it starts off with, uh, with Peter Parker voiced by Chris Pine, by the way. Oh, was that Chris Pine? Yes. Oh, I missed that one. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering who that was. And it was one of those things where I, I didn't pick up on it until like, you know, we're we're getting later where like, you know, the kingpin comes in and they have their their face off and all of that. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Chris Pine. Like I didn't look at the cast beforehand and you know, I stayed through the credits, obviously, because I'm Marvel trained. <laughs> I mean, remember there was a time where you could go to a movie and actually leave when uh when the credits started? I I uh, for me, actually, I was always hopeful that there would be something at the end. Really? For like anything, I'll oh, just that's funny. I'll just stay and be like, maybe there's some some <laughs> bloopers. That'd be fun, right? That's adorable. I love that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, uh, Chris Pine does a great job as you know, kind of like the what what's really supposed to be kind of like the the ultimate Spider-Man, right? I he's mean, he, the standard. Yeah, he's like sort of. the main main Spider-Man that's had. All of those adventures that that we've seen in those other movies, and you know he's married to Mary Jane, mm -hmm. and you know everybody loves him, and there's Spider-Man cereal, and <laughs> and uh, the fame, yeah, exactly, and and you know he loves it, and and it, it's uh it's cool, but it with with uh with the Chris Pine thing, um, one I didn't realize this dude can act as well as he can because I you know I see him like in uh Star Trek for mm -hmm. example, and he's He's very pretty. I mean, he he is a handsome man. Um, Got a good head of hair. Exactly. And and I thought for the longest time that that was kind of like the extent of what he can do. But I've seen him in like a whole lot of other stuff where it's like he's doing some real legitimate acting. And I think he's really good as a, as the voice of Peter Parker here. Um it was funny. I did a uh, Christmas episode, uh, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, and they um, so Sony released the Spider-Man Christmas album. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like, and and it's all on YouTube. I'll, I'll throw a note, uh, throw a link in the show notes. But yeah, there's uh, there's like six or seven songs. Like <laughs> everybody has like a song in it. It's it's really really cool. Um, but one of them, of course, is Spidey Bells, as as we yeah, hear in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I I didn't play it during that show. I I picked a uh, uh, a Miles Morales song instead. It's uh it was oh. it was a uh, it's a uh, Shamik Moore, and it's a uh, it's a uh, Joy to the World that I just saved. So he, <laughs> and, and it's exactly like that. Oh, and at man. the end of it, he he puts out info for like a uh, GoFundMe 
for a web fluid and so he's like that's funny it's hilarious it's hilarious you'd have to check it out but but i didn't i didn't mention that because i thought that that chris pine being part of the voice cast is kind of a spoiler Cause a it's, little bit, Because yeah. it's like, I didn't want to play that song because if you hadn't seen the movie, that joke doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't track with you. So, um, but I, I just I just thought that that was really cool. And again, just like with uh, music is such a huge part of this movie. Oh, okay. Before we get yeah, there, because yeah, yeah. that's a whole other thing. I know, right? <laughs> um, I, w- I wanted to touch on on something just because we were talking about the, the standard mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Yes, I just, what I love about Spider-Man, and I'm not really uh, a comic book person. I think, I kind of wish that I was. I just, I didn't really, I've never grown up with anybody who was into it. I was never introduced. I just thought, oh, well, I like, I think it was the artsy person being in me being like, (laughs) I like drawing and stories and stuff like that. Sure, sure. But anyway, um, what I love about Spider-Man, not only because I kind of grew up with those movies. Yeah. That's part of it. But the fact that he's a normal guy mm-hmm. just happens to become this super person, totally unprepared. I love that. And I love that it's he just, he just feels like a normal kid. And yeah. he's just been put into some crazy circumstances. And he's just this likable guy. It, you know, we're not on another planet. We're not in a different realm. We're not in a different part of the world. It's It's like, to me, it's the one superhero you can really relate to Mm because it feels like well if i'm in the right science lab at the right time with a spider in there i could be a spider-man too exactly it's like it's it's so it's just so um what's the word i'm looking for uh relatable yeah it's just relatable yeah it's not you know yeah well and that's the thing as you just said brilliantly uh that's what makes Spider-Man special and separate from all the superheroes. Exactly. Um, cuz I mean he you know he's not like a strange visitor from another planet. He's not like a he's super- not a Nordic god. <laughs> right. And and he yeah, he's not a super soldier. He's not a billionaire industrialist that can you know build a super suit. Yeah. Um he's not Batman. Mhm. You know and and the thing that that makes this movie in particular um, so unique is that it really doubles down on that entire mentality that you were just saying. It's like anybody could be Spider-Man to the point where they say literally anybody can wear the mask. I didn't even think of that. But that's yeah. No, it's like without even thinking. I mm-hmm. was like, that's what I love about it. Anybody can wear the mask. Mm-hmm. I love that. He's just. He's just a cool guy. Yeah. You you know you 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 almost feel like you could be in that world. Exactly. Well, and and I've heard a lot of folks that, you know, are are not myself, I mean like like, you know, I mean again, I'm I'm a straight white guy. So it's <laughs> like I I've got plenty of representation. Don't worry about me. I'll be okay <laughs> with my representation. But I I've heard folks that, you know, folks of color that uh, creators of color that have uh, you know, identified with spider-man because that was their mentality also it's like it could be anybody under the mask that's so true it just happens to be a white guy you know but it's like um uh you know like uh one of the one of the folks i'm a a huge fan of uh, mark bernardin he uh uh, works with kevin smith a lot and he's he's written some really good uh columns um in fact actually actually to kind of like you know peek under the hood a little bit 
a lot of this, like in terms of like, you know, Miles Morales and kind of his uh, characterization kind of starts with Mark Bernardin in kind of a way because he wrote a he wrote a piece for Variety, I want to say like maybe, I don't know, over 10 years ago. It's It's been a long time, but basically posing the question, why can't Spider-Man be black? Why can't, yeah. Or like... Anything. <laughs> or anything. Or like, why, why does Spider-Man have to be white? You know, that that kind of thing. And it, and it gets the conversation started. And next thing you know, we're having conversations about like, hey, you know, if they're making a new Spider-Man movie, they should put Donald Glover in it and have him be Peter I Parker. remember yeah, that. Yeah, so that was kind of the beginning of that. Yeah. So Donald Glover's people kind of got in on that piece and next thing you know he's wearing spider-man pajamas on community (laughs) and it's you know and it's just become this whole thing to the point where it's come all the way back around where donald glover shows up in spider-man homecoming oh is he i see i never saw that one okay well in that case i'll uh i'll i will uh make sure not spoil nothing (laughs) (laughs) because there's that there's some things i could just drop conversationally and accidentally spoil i mean it's a it's a fine movie i think you dig it it's but Spider versus the Spider movie to end all Spider movies. Let's be honest. It's like let's just let's just stop here. Let's just stop. You got it right. Let's right. stop it. Yeah, and um, gosh, yeah, no, and it's so yeah. I mean, let let's stick with that for for a few uh, oh, because sure. I mean, because yeah, I mean, if if we go through the plot, it's going to take us probably longer than we have, oh, but uh, but that's that's all right. That's uh, fine. It's fine. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the last thing I wanted to say on uh, Donald Glover and Easter eggs and stuff. So when we're uh, jumping around a little bit, when we're in Uncle Aaron's apartment, mm-hmm. he's got his TV on. Right. And there's, there's a bit of Donald Glover in his uh, Spider-Man jammies on the TV. What? In live action. So it's it's just on TV how in this I, animated movie. <laughs> how did I miss that? See, you got to go watch it again. Again. Again, again. I mean, I caught, like, you see The weekend, like, his Starboy cover. I missed that. Did you? See, that's the one I caught. Oh, there's see. a cup. There's, like, a poster, and uh-huh. there's, like, a like a um, a Times Square billboard uh-huh. where it's got, base, it's basically The weekend, but they changed the, the, the letters. Oh yeah, okay. It's it's a like it's the Star Boy like his newer. Yeah, stuff. yeah. But yeah, I I thought see like, that's cool. That's hip. <laughs> that that that's really cool. So so actually, let's I I guess um in lieu of uh going through the plot, actually one one thing I wanted to mention at the uh the beginning here. So I I well first of all, uh, Shamik Moore as Miles Morales is is great. He he was he was really great. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with him at all? Not really, but he is older than he sounded oh, in the yeah. movie. He sounds he sounds <laughs> super young. But yeah, he's um oh what because it was something Does he like do music? He um yeah, so he's a he's a actor, a singer, dancer, and rapper, according to the Wikipedia. He's twenty three. Um, but um he's uh um have you heard of a show on Netflix called The Get Down? I remember hearing about that. I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. I don't but... think it lasted. Oh, okay. I, I think it was like a one season type of deal. Oh, sure enough. After after one half season, you yeah. were right. But apparently the people that really liked it, really liked it and said mm. it was a really good representation of the early history of hip hop. Mm. Um, so I, I'm not necessarily a hip hop guy, unfortunately. So it was kind of like off my radar. Um, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, um, 
Yeah, for for a lot of folks that that's that's really relevant. But I I thought he was uh, I thought he was great. Oh yeah. Um, really uh, funny. He had yeah. great time. He was just like a likable kid. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we meet Miles at the beginning of the movie. You know, he's uh, you know, he's he 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 just wants to hang out with his friends. Um, I, well, he's I, bopping along to that one song. Yeah. <laughs> well, and one thing that I I liked, and this this might sound weird that I say that I like it. I I didn't recognize almost any of the songs. I a, didn't either. A actually. lot of it was very new to me. Um, I mean, like I I was down with like some of the stuff that Uncle Aaron was jamming. It's like <laughs> it's like oh, dude, dude's bumping Biggie. I'm down with that. Oh now, yeah, on, on his cartoonishly big boombox. Right. I, and I thought that was cool too. Again, I'm jumping around all over the place, but like, you know, it's like when when they go down uh to the the facility and you know, like they're 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 tagging and having fun and like you can hear like the mix, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like Uncle Aaron's stuff and it's and it's Miles' stuff. And I, I thought I I thought that that was really cool just just musically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of because that that's I would imagine how a playlist would sound if you're hanging around with your older uncle. Yeah. Um, that 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 kind of that kind of vibe. Um but yeah, so uh but but the thing I wanted to mention was like so uh we we meet Miles's parents. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, you know, he, he's the thing that's special about Miles is that, you know, he's he's multiracial. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, you know, his mom is from uh, Puerto Rico, I think, and yeah. his, you know, his uh his dad's a cop and and the thing that I can't figure out and I I um haven't done enough of a deep dive to figure this one out, but the uh I don't understand the the name situation. Meaning like oh, his name is Miles Morales, right? But his dad doesn't appear to be of any Latin descent. Correct. Yeah, I thought about guy. that too. So, but but obviously he's of a uh, mixed race. Yeah. Right. So you know, I mean, I, I think that's the way he's presented, right? Yes. That you know, kind of half black, half half Latino. Yes. So uh, to where you know he's got a little bit of all that heritage, mm-hmm. like um, like I love the the anytime he's interacting with his mom, mm-hmm. and like you know his mom will kind of like modulate back and forth between English and Spanish. English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, you know, sometimes, sometimes dad is hanging with it and other times he can't. Mm-hmm. But whereas like Miles though, that that's, he understands that's almost like their secret code. I think like when he starts speaking Spanish back to her, uh-huh. um, that, at least that's how I read it. It was like, it just, just like their thing that they do. And I thought that was, that was kind of neat. Yeah. I can kind of relate to it as someone who's kind of half mm-hmm. Latina and sort of I it's weird. It's like I'm more than half whatever. Sure, sure. My mom doesn't speak Spanish. Okay. That's that's she's half Mexican, but she doesn't really speak any Spanish. She mm-hmm. tries and she can kind of understand, but my dad okay. is the one who speaks it fluently. That was oh, his okay. first language. Sure. So some like I can understand him and then sometimes my mom's like what (laughs) like and i i just i i don't know i i kind of resonated with the whole spanglish thing it kind of sounds like when my dad is like on the phone with his parents and they go back and forth Mm -hmm. from english and spanish it's a lot of that (laughs) yeah um yeah i'm not sure about the last name though it's kind of interesting maybe his dad is actually maybe a little puerto rican maybe i don't know and and the movie doesn't necessarily help with that and i don't know enough about 
Miles Morales in the comics. Yeah. It, it, which which is weird because I read a lot of Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man comics and I just never really um, thought about it until like I heard somebody else on a different podcast bring it up. It's like, well, but if his dad is named Jefferson Davis and his uncle is Aaron Davis, but his mom is is uh, Rio Morales, then it's like is like, you know, maybe he, that's not his real dad. It could be. And. And if that's the case, it's kind of cool that that's not a plot point at all. Is that like you just you just take it at face value. Right. I mean, yeah. it's like it's not until like a couple knuckleheads on a podcast trying to like unpack <laughs> stuff stumble upon it. Because, yeah. I mean, I got like two thirds through the movie where I was like, wait a second. <laughs> huh. Because, yeah. But um, yeah. And and the character of Miles, he's he's not. Um, he's, well, I was going to say he's not exactly a new character. Like he's been around, I don't know, maybe, uh, eight, nine years, something like that. So relatively recently, but long enough to where he's, uh, he's been around for, uh, for a few. Some people are familiar. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, in a lot of ways, it was an answer to kind of like the, the Donald Glover stuff that we were talking about earlier and, uh, the, uh, um, he was created by uh, a writer and artist duo, uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli. And basically, um, uh, Bendis, who's a, he, he's, he's you know, again, over 40 white guy, mm-hmm. you know, you know, just straight cisgendered white dude. And, but he, uh, um, he has adopted kids, you know, mm. that, that are of color. And, and it just like all these light bulbs went off in his head and said, well, wait a minute. Why can't there be a Spider-Man for other people? So he created Miles Morales. That's at, so sweet. And and specifically, you know, with with his, you know, mixed heritage and stuff to where it's like, you know, you know, he's he could be identifiable to African Americans, he could be identifiable to uh Latinos, and you know, he could be identifiable to anybody because again, anybody can wear the mask. Exactly. But but and and I liked reading about Miles in the comics because he was a teenager, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, we're back to having teenager problems like Peter Parker did back in the '60s, right? Yeah, it just shows like no matter who you are, whether you're a guy or a girl, mm-hmm. whether you're what race you are, we all go through our teenage years. Exactly, and and anybody can relate with that, and that's and that's why. I, why I really like Miles's portrayal in the movies because he's he's an awkward teen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he uh, he can you know he wants to hang out with his friends, but you know he he got admission to this special school, right? And he's like kind of cool, but he's also awkward. Like he's exactly he he kind of is like teetering on that, like where he's he's got he's got kind of some like swagger to his step, yeah, but yeah. once he's uncomfortable, uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like especially when he uh, he first meets Gwanda, the Wanda, <laughs> which. from south africa (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah so i mean obviously she's a gwen stacy who we later find out is a a spider woman or a spider gwen as she's referred to in in the comics Mm -hmm. that that's actually the title of her comic because there's it gets very very confusing with these spider people because there's more than one character that's been referred to as spider woman Mm. so that, there's that, more than one so you have to start so yeah so and and basically she lives in her 
alternate reality where as she says she's like my name is Gwen Stacy and you yes. know and you know I was bitten by a by a, a genetically modified spider and she goes through her adventure which is basically like I I don't know if you picked up on this but it's really kind of like we're incorporating parts of the amazing spider-man movie yes where it's like she was a, a big part of those movies exactly so yeah. basically this character is uh, if you squint hard enough, a uh, hop, skip, and a throw from being Emma Stone, basically. I, you know what? When you say that, I I didn't even think about that. But I'm like, you know what? I could kind of see yeah, it. Because if you look at the character design, it's like, again, if you squint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so it's not like not one-to-one, but it's like, all right. Yeah. And when you look at other girls like that you see kind of maybe in the background, mm-hmm. They all look so different. It's not like there was this cookie cutter girl. Yeah. So you, I can see how they would say, okay, we're going to make her a little bit specific. Exactly. In the image of mm-hmm. Emma Stone. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I liked. And, you know, so her origin story is, you know, a little different. Um, but, you know, it's like, again, we're kind of touching uh, again on those old movies. And I just like that they kept the, uh, uh, the rock band aspect of it um, because yeah, I mean that that's, that's a key uh, plot point in those comics is she's mm. in a band called the Mary Janes. Oh my gosh. Really? I didn't know. That. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, oh, man. you know, if, and uh, Andrea, you might remember this and maybe uh, uh, folks listening might remember this if they've gone far enough back with me. Uh, the Mary Janes is like a band that was a band. I didn't even know um, that. So basically, well, okay. So, so the shortest story of it is like, so there's this fictional band in the comic books, mm-hmm. you know, it has, you know, these fictional characters in it, you know, Gwen Stacy is the drummer and there's other people in it as well. But then like a real band called, um, married with sea monsters. Okay. They, uh, and they basically, what they did was they did an EP as the Mary Janes. Oh. So they, they sing, they, did the songs and this was all with the the buy off of and participation with the comic book creators so they got with the writer and the artist and they wrote and fleshed out songs that are referred to in the comics and put out an ep that's so cool and uh a number of years ago uh back when i was on kgrg i i would play their stuff Oh, I, wow. I've actually played uh, songs from the Mary Janes before. That's interesting. Um, so yeah, so I so long story short, I really enjoyed that they they kept that aspect, however briefly. You just see her doing some drumming, right. real, real briefly. Yeah, but. it seemed. I mean, like I said, I I'm not I'm not an expert mm-hmm. in the comics, but sure. from what I do know, and in, in talking to you too, it seems like they kept some really integral parts that yeah. makes. People not so upset and makes them feel more real and kind of more these well-rounded characters Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where you're not just hearing them talk and getting their personality. Like, you know something about their background besides them saving the world. Like, uh, I don't know, like, like, yeah, like her being in a band and just like little things here and there. Yeah, that we're making it a point to call out those things that really they don't have to if they don't want to. Mm -mm. You know, and I, I, I really like that. So um, so kind of like the meat of the, the plot kicks off because, I mean, I don't know how long we've been talking at this point, but we <laughs> haven't really gotten past uh, Miles talking to his parents and putting his uh, uh, name tag stickers all over oh, the place. Oh, yeah, his graffiti <laughs> art. Which I like that. I mean, again, yeah. it, and it establishes that he's a bit of a tagger and he, you know, uh, has has an outlet to express himself kind of artistic absolutely it doesn't uh doesn't uh do well though when you have a cop dad yep (laughs) um but i i really appreciated the way that 
that relationship was portrayed mm-hmm. and you know and again the awkwardness i mean and we, you know we saw it all in the trailer of course but like you know when he drops him off at school and he's like i love you <laughs> You know, I love you too, Dad. <laughs> yeah, it's like now, just now, just leave. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so like, so so the adventure uh, kicks off. You know, it's like the uh, uh, the kingpin shows up with all like these goons, like the Green Goblin and and uh, the Prowler, who we're going to talk about in a in a little bit. And you know, um, and they were made so differently. Like these these villains, they're just. Forget what you knew from the other movies. These are not those villains. Yeah, because like they really play around with them. Well, and like you had mentioned, you know, you grew up with the the Tobey Maguire movies, so I mean, so you're expecting probably the Green Goblin to be like in a, a guy in a, in a Power Ranger suit on yeah. a goofy glider. Instead, he's like this <laughs> this hulking brute. Yeah, he's like the Hulk, but scarier uh-huh. you know, <laughs> and like crazy looking. Spits fire and yeah, yeah, it, you know, so super super weird and scary. He's a uh, legit monster. Absolutely. <laughs> Not just a human in a suit being like, look at my suit. Look at my little <laughs> hover Spider- glider. Spider-Man. I'm going to, yeah, going <laughs> to step on some spiders. <laughs> Back to formula. That's that's a terrible Willem Dafoe uh, impression. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so the, the, the main conflict is that, you know, uh, Wilson Fisk, the uh, kingpin, wants to, he's got like this particle accelerator thing and he wants to open up this rift into alternate realities to where we find out later in the movie he has inadvertently caused the death of his wife and son mm-hmm. and his entire motivation is to want to pluck them from a different reality and and bring them back which is some that's some messed up stuff it's it's really deep like for mm-hmm. i mean it's not like they go into great detail but right. from from what they show you you're like oh man it really pulls at the the heartstrings right well and and because they could have played it differently he could have just been a mustache twirling villain right or like it's all about the money and blah 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 no it's like it's he wants his family back exactly he's he's all alone and i i like how they even acknowledge that within the movie because at one point he's like not everything's about money Mm -hmm. (laughs) spider-man and i i really like that and uh leah schreiber by the way uh doing the voice of the kingpin doing doing this (laughs) This bonkers New York accent, which I I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, did it get a little cartoony for you, or yeah, well, uh, the way he looks is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I I I have something on that, but go ahead. It's, I mean, that's all I have to say. Yeah. He looks just straight up dumb. I mean, <laughs> really, not like I'm okay. mad about it, but I'm like, out of all of the characters, he's the most exaggerated. Interesting. Okay, that. That's fair. And I think that's where there's the, the that weird uncomfortableness or not non apprehension I had of how approachable is this going to be for casual fans versus me, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. So this particular character design of the uh, of Kingpin is taken from the comic books and it's the uh, version done by an artist named uh, Bill Sienkiewicz. And what he does, and I, I can bring up some images on Google later uh, just to show you what I'm talking about. But his his style is has always been like super exaggerated like that. So like, I mean, you called it. I mean, basically, Kingpin is a box with, yeah. with, with a round head. With a the, tiny little round head. Tiny little round head in the middle of it. And I'm watching this and I'm like... For me, I immediately identified it 
as what it was from the comics. And even like there, there were times where like the, the reality is starting to tear open. Like they're on the subway car and you can see like his family. Oh yeah. Yeah. Later in the movie. Yeah. And I swear the art style is it's either ripped from actual comic book panels and paintings by this, uh, Bill Sienkiewicz guy, or they just duplicated it extremely well because like, even like the use of color is like exact to like what, what would be represented in his art. And I thought that that was, that was an incredibly bold choice. Yeah. And, and for me and see, and again, this is one of those things where it's like, um, I'm like, I see what you're doing there. I think that's cool, Mm -hmm. but it is also equally valid to hear that, you know, as as a casual that, that didn't quite click that that kind of left you in the dust a bit. And 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 that's fine too. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's not where I was like that ruined it. (laughs) I'm leaving. (laughs) Throws popcorn. I was about to say like, yeah, just (laughs) flips chairs. Yeah. Like kicks the chair. Like I'm done. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. No, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a deal breaker where right. I was done with it. But I was like, you look silly. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a little goofy, but the thing that, that I like about this portrayal of the Kingpin and that I like about him being um, the central villain of this movie is that people forget, you know, whether it's people that have been watching movies or comic books or whatever is a lot of, Fans will associate the Kingpin as a daredevil villain. You know, that he's daredevil's bad guy, right? Oh, okay. He, uh, the Kingpin started off as a Spider-Man villain, uh, appearing in like, you know, like uh, the early sixties. I don't remember the issue number because who could possibly care, but, <laughs> but no, it was, it was like, like the, the mid sixties or something like that. And for the longest time, uh, he was he was a Spider-Man villain. You know, he was the this, you know, cartoonish mafia gangster person. And then like in the 80s, um, a uh, uh, comic book creator uh, named Frank Miller got a hold of Daredevil in the 80s and made it like super gritty, like everything that like, you know, uh, from like, you know, the, the Netflix shows and even to an extent that that not so great Ben Affleck movie, a lot of that borrows from Frank Miller's comics from the 80s. Okay. And obviously the Kingpin is very heavily featured in in all of that kind of stuff as well as you know the the more contemporary comic books. So so like like I said for a lot of a lot of folks um they more immediately associate the Kingpin as a Daredevil villain and I liked that this really re-cemented uh, it's like, no, Kingpin's a Spider-Man villain. I mean, <laughs> he's been reclaimed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, Daredevil can use him for a while, but he's really a Spider-Man villain. So I, I like that. And, um, I, I, again, we talked a lot about the visuals already, but just the, the, the bonkers, uh, visuals that you get with this particle accelerator thing. Oh yeah. And the thing, yeah. I, the thing I specifically wanted to call out is like, you see a lot of like, you know, bubbles and stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, so that's also a technique kind of lifted from the comics. It's, uh, it's called, um, either Kirby dots or if you prefer Kirby crackle. Oh, like, like the name of the band. That's exactly where they get that from. It was an artist named Jack Kirby. And, and so like anytime 
there needed to be a representation of like, you know, crackling energy, literally crackling energy. He would just draw all these series of dots and it was all hand drawn. He's, you know, just like, you know, like radiating off of like, like a glove or a <laughs> laser beam or something like that. And, and in, I mean, cause I mean, we've, we've been having good comic book movies for quite a while now. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't know, maybe since, I mean, it depends upon how far back you want to go. I mean, I could go as far back as Spider-Man one or X-Men one or, or whatever. But my point being is that in all of those years, I have never seen a convincing comic or convincing representation of live action of Kirby dots or, Mm. or of Kirby crackle to see like that, that rippling crackling energy. It's usually just like, um, fuzzy computer generated blueness or something like that. But just to see like the, the actual individual dots mm-hmm. I thought was just super rad. And again, the attention to detail in this yeah. movie. And again, that that's the thing I just keep uh, talking about over and over. Um, so, so jumping around a bit, you know, uh, we, we see something that we've never seen before. Spider-Man gets killed. Oh my gosh. Okay. I was so upset. I was like, Spider-Man's not supposed to die. Right. Spider-Man doesn't die. What are you talking about? What's happening? Spider-Man doesn't. I didn't like actually like I felt like pain in my chest because I was like, oh, my God, this is something I never considered. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, Spider-Man always lives and then he dies. Spoiler alert. Sorry, but (laughs) one of them's got to die. There's about 10 of them. Well, and that's the thing. And and it takes you a few to figure out, oh, wait a minute. This is into the spider verse. Mm -hmm. There's going to be more of them. It'll be okay. But, but it does, it, it, it's shocking. It hurts. And, and it's because Chris Pine is so damn likable. I mean, he wins you over and it's like he's saying all of the right things. Um, he's falling in line with Peter Parker. Yeah. And even like his his interactions with uh, with Miles, he's like, you know, they have like the spider sense thing. It's mm-hmm. like, wait a sec. You're like me. Mm-hmm. He, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to train you. We're, we're going to go on all these cool adventures. I just need you to hang out here for a few. I got to go take care of this thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he goes off and has the adventure and and. um and even after uh, he's been crushed by all of like the the broken equipment and stuff like that, it's like uh, I'm okay, I- I'm okay. And he's 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 trying to reassure Miles because I mean the thing I was thinking watching this, I'm like, dude, that that dude's legs are mush. <laughs> it's like it's like it, there's like nothing left from the waist down. It's all just paste. Yeah. But um. But yeah, but even even as he's dying, you know, he's being optimistic. It's like, no, I'll be fine. Spider-Man always gets up. Exactly. And and that's what we always expect. Exactly. And, and you know, he gives Miles the best advice. He's like, you know, you need a mask. And and he explains it. He's like, you know, um, you know, Kingpin's got people everywhere. You, n- you need to protect your family. Go get a mask. And and yeah, and it just um, yeah, it, it's heart wrenching. Even though you know it's going to happen, because like I I don't I don't remember at what point it got spoiled for me, but I think I I think I just read in like a synopsis somewhere. It's like, well, well, after Spider Man dies, you uh-huh. know, Miles Morales needs to be the new Spider Man. I'm like, dude, fucking spoilers. <laughs> Actually, I didn't expect it at all. I was just like, all the Spider Man and Spider 
whatever's yeah they're all gonna just be a big old posse i didn't think i actually didn't think that any of them were gonna die right i didn't think so especially that early in the movie exactly well and and it establishes stakes it's like oh this pg-13 cute cartoon colorful thing this isn't messing around it's like there's some real stakes here but it does bring in bring mile into it yeah like okay see there has to be one spider-man in every universe that one's gone. We need a new one. Exactly. And so. and that becomes the thrust of the movie. And mm-hmm. and so yeah, I uh um oh gosh, I don't know where to go from here because I'm looking at the time and I'm looking at the amount of plot that we have. I I Do think you- we need a part 2. <laughs> there you go. Well, well as uh, as we as we kind of wrap up, I I would like to kind of run down some of uh some of the specific characters. Okay. Uh, for a hot second here, um, you know, so uh, when when uh, oh, where is it? Uh, Tombstone. Here he is. So, um, shit. Hang on. So when when we get to when Wilson Fisk shows up, the kingpin, he has mm-hmm. he has uh his henchman with him, Tombstone. Mm-hmm. Dude, we have never seen before in any movie ever. I don't know if he was even in a the cartoons or anything like that. But um, Tombstone is a cool character because, like, you know, he's, you know, a tough uh, mob boss guy, but um, he's albino. Mm-hmm. And and he's um, in the comic books from, you know, even even from the very beginning, he's portrayed as African-American. Oh. So people assume, well, he's albino. He's a white guy. No, he's. Mm-mm. But the uh, um, and I don't know if I can find it here. Oh, this is really going to bother me. Oh, here we go. OK, so. um. In the movie, he's uh, um, uh, portrayed by uh, Mor- Marvin uh, Crondon Jones III, who is a um, he's a rapper. I'm not familiar with his stuff, and of course, there's no picture on the um, on the Wikipedia. But um, he's albino, also. Oh wow! That that I know is a really long way to go to get there, but that was one of the one of the things. Um, that like as I was doing a deep dive on it, I'm like, what what a strange and wonderful attention to detail yeah. thing that to where, I mean, because I mean, you know, we, you know, th- there are things that get talked about a lot, like in terms of like you know representation and diversity, and it's like, well, hey, you know, um, uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson can't play a a trans person because she's not trans. That's kind of that kind of thing um but i i just yeah that one really stuck out to me it's like um for a such a unique character to be portrayed by an equally unique person Mm -hmm. i thought that i don't know i i I just uh thought that that was um that was really cool um i do want to talk about the prowler um a bit um because i mean that that features spoiler very prominently (laughs) poor uh poor uncle aaron but i like i like the way that that he's portrayed and that like you know he's he's a cool guy Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's somebody that miles looks up to he's easier to look up to than his dad um and you know did they have the the hay off you know hey you know oh my gosh because i mean you know who's i mean yeah i mean (laughs) uh who hasn't been an awkward teenager and had that kind of conversation with uh uh with somebody like that so i mean that that definitely um gets the 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 feels up but when when things happen with uh the prowler 
Well, first, Miles discovers his his secret identity mm-hmm. as 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 an evil henchman, mm-hmm. and that's kind of heartbreaking enough. And well, they had run-ins before where yes. they didn't even know, or no, he had been in his apartment, I think. Yeah, and he, then the prowler shows up, and then they're like, he's there's like a yep. chase and stuff like that. Well, because yeah, what what happened was a uh, uh, Miles snuck out of his school. Right. Yeah. So he went and, to Uncle and Aaron. he went to Uncle Aaron's place, and then the prowler shows up, and he's like. Uh-oh. Oh man. And you know, he he leaves and I uh the way that they portrayed the prowler actually prowling and like the was terrifying. Like <laughs> you know, it's like you get like this like roaring music it's like Oh yeah. Like, I mean, that was that was really really neat. Um but then it's uh like like one of the uh the weirdest, uh, weird isn't the right word, but like the, oh, uh, uncomfortable. One of like the most weirdly uncomfortable sequences of the movie is uh, when they when they go to Aunt May's house and all the villains find them. I love that Aunt May also, that she's like, let's go. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Take it outside. Let's go. <laughs> and And that she's basically Alfred. You know that she's like in in charge of the spider cave and oh, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I really like that. Um, but but yeah. So, um, you know, uh, Prowler's got Miles uh, Spider Man by the throat, and he's running out of roof, and and the only thing he can do is take off his mask, and he's just like, oh my god, what's going on? And then I I was like, what movie is this? When the Prowler. <laughs> puts the mask back on. I'm like, he's going to murder this kid. I know. I was like, what and, is happening? And it's like, just because like, you know, he has the mask on and you can't it see him. It protects it. Yeah. And that's, I'm like, and just the fact that we're touching on that in a PG thir- uh, in, in a PG movie, mm-hmm. it's just like, whoo, okay. Heavy that- stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Heavy. Um, but yeah, I mean, heavy stuff. And, uh, and, and this is this is not a unique thought to me, um, but one of the things that that makes Spider Man Spider Man is he has to lose an uncle. That's what I was about to say. There's that parallel between uncles. It's, that's his confidant. That's kind of his yep. male role model. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about Spider Man sure. why he's with his uncle and aunt. I don't I don't yeah. know that part. But anyway, they there's the uncle. Loves his uncle. Yep. Uncle dies. Yep. It's like there had to be that parallel. And it kind of makes sense. Like, oh, I see. I see what you did there. It's very different. It's very different. But, but it works. But And it's still kind of the same, though, because mm-hmm. it's like I looked up to my uncle. He was a role model for me. And now he's gone. Yep. And so, yeah, that's that that was heavy stuff. And then, you know, like we're doing this thing for like a quarter minute that like, you know, when um, Miles's dad uh finds the prowler uncle aaron he thinks that spider-man is responsible Mm -hmm. for that and i was like oh is that what this movie is and they dropped that very quickly right but i i really thought it's like is is that what that relationship is going to be because even like you very early in the movie you know that dad is not down with Mm spider-man and um oh yeah and and uh, uh speaking of um Spider-Man's dad, uh, Aaron Davis. No, not Aaron Davis. Uh, Jefferson Davis. Let me find it here. 
it would have helped if I had all of these pages open already so that I wouldn't be <laughs> clicking and dragging and all of that other stuff. But do you uh, do you know who uh, uh, plays him in the movie? Is it that guy with the name Mahershala? Oh, that probably sounds right. Why don't I have it here? Uh, into the... Uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Oh, okay. That, who, so that, oh, I think I'm thinking of the person who played um, Uncle Aaron, I think. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right. Um, he's a uh, he's on Atlanta with Donald Glover. With Donald Glover, and it's so <laughs> funny. Like I've I, I haven't watched season two yet, but I uh, I uh, binged through season one of Atlanta. If you have not watched it yet, find it. I I find it. It's on my to do list. I love anything that it's it's am- he's a part of. It's amazing and. This uh um this actor he uh there's there's a thing that he does that's very distinctive to his voice and it sounds dumb but it's like anytime he lets out like a an exasperated sigh mm-hmm. like I mean he does it a lot in Atlanta and he does it as Jefferson Davis in the movie just the oh you know and it's like it's like I didn't know it was him at first but as soon as he did that it clicked I'm like. It's the dude from Atlanta. Like, I, I know, know you because it, it's it's just it's just so distinctive. Um, and again, just I mean, I mean, all all the characters are just amazing in here. I mean, uh, uh, Haley Steinfeld is really good as uh, as Gwen Stacy. Um, uh, you know, she was uh, she was also in uh, Bumblebee. Yeah, which I didn't. Uh, I it, it's weird because the voice that she's doing isn't quite the same. Hmm. Um, because I, I saw them pretty close together and I'm like, I think she's actually doing a voice actually a little bit, but, but yeah, I mean, I mean, she was totally fine. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I like, um, I guess jumping all the way to the end, uh, because, uh, um, I, I can't, I can't leave the conversation without talking about the post credit scene. <laughs> Did you stick around for that? I did but, either of the two times, but but can I can I give a shout out to John Mulaney as Spider Ham? Sure. That was yes. perfect. Yeah, thank you. Such perfect casting. I love him. I love his comedy, and he just fit that role of like that kind of old old school um, cartoon, yeah, like, that's, like a Looney Tune. Basically. Yeah, that's his vibe. That's honestly that's kind of his vibe as a person. Is yeah. just kind of being kind of old timey. Yeah, in a, in a, very slightly, but it's there. Yeah, and and that's you know like the theme of pretty much everything we've talked about is like all of the voice actors are basically who they are. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know Chris Pine is you know Mr. Uh, cool guy, he's cool guy. <laughs> he's you know handsome and charming, and you know Shamik Moore is you know cool but awkward. And oh, we got to talk about uh oh I almost called him his character New Girl. <laughs> Uh, oh, Jake uh, Johnson. Uh, Jake Johnson as Schlubby Spider-Man. I yeah. love, okay, I love New Girl. Love, okay. love him and New Girl. Yeah. And I was like, this is him as Nick Miller. This is yeah. this is basically his his Spider-Man version of his New Girl character. Well, and, and it's <laughs> and it's the same thing with uh, Nick Mulvaney, right? You know, I mean, it's like they're all kind of playing like kind of the same versions of the characters we kind of know them as, which is great. I, I love that. Yeah, I love it. I, I the casting is just perfect. Yep. Yep. What's up? Oh, oh, oh. oh gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, what is happening? She's like, I'm trying not to drink my water on, <clears throat> on the microphone. Ahem. Ahem. I learned from watching you. <laughs> but 
That didn't help. Oh well. I'll just deal. <laughs> it's 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 fine. Um and and with that I I got damn it, I I lost my entire train of thought. Cast. Um, yeah, yeah. So like um <laughs> casting was great. Oh, the the ending scene? Oh, yeah. So I'll, I'll come back to that in a sec. Oh, okay. Um I had a question for you. Oh, okay. Being a younger person. Yes. Can you help me understand why younger people are so crazy about dad bod Spider-Man? Because I mean, like, like, I mean, that that's like a thing I'm seeing, like on like, you know, Facebook. It says, oh, he's so hot. And I'm like, I think that's, but I mean, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I haven't seen that. Okay. So I'm unaware. Very good. However, I can only imagine. He, okay. Peter B. Parker is that that's yep. that's who yep. he is, right? Peter B. Parker. Yeah, who who is basically from our world is, is the way that it's presented. Because like, you know, you have like Times Square, how it's different. They're like one is like soda cola, ours is Coca-Cola. Right. It's it's kind of it's kind of like well, it's basically older, yeah, older Spider-Man. Yeah, because when he gets his origin, he's like, my name is Peter Parker. I was bitten by a radioactive spider, and for the last 20 years, right. I and, you know, and he goes through all of his adventures about, you know, it's like, I mean, uh, Aunt May passes away. He, yep. get, he gets uh, divorced from Mary Jane, and yeah, it's just so, like, wow, this is, this is some, like, adult stuff. Yeah, he's like Chris Pine, just older. Older, yeah. Yeah. Um, He's not a bad looking character. I mean, I basically you give you give Peter B. Parker some abs. Yeah. And he's like a cool, good looking cartoon. Yeah. yeah. I think I don't know. Maybe maybe people are, are starting to realize maybe it's not all about abs. Could be. Could be. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I just I I just I, I'm I'm puzzled by the the dad bod phenomenon anyway. Like, I, I don't know. It's, I, I don't... It's, it's it's weird. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think I I feel like it stems from girls finally being like it's not all, all about the muscly dudes. I'm not that way. I'm not like, right. "Oh, I want a beefcake of a dude." Yeah. No, I'm like he could be a slenderman. I don't care. Like I don't <laughs> I don't care about that stuff. Hopefully not the the actual not slenderman. The, that no, but I I have joke. That's my type. I just, just like the just, just tall and lanky. <laughs> Right, right. I don't care. I don't need Thor. It's fine. <laughs> oh man. So, um teenage so, girl stuff. I got you. Well, <laughs> I did ask. I did ask. Did. That's that's because that that's insight I don't have. So, True. I just thought I would ask. I'm 22 by the way. Or not, oh wait, no, I'm not 22. I'm almost 22. <laughs> I'm already thinking ahead. Wow. Give it a few months. You know, you know, I I remember when I was a certain age, and I'm like, I'm six and a half. <laughs> Your birthday was last month. Oh, I'm six and a half. So, <laughs> anyway, I, I'm just I'm just messing with you. Um, so the uh, jumping all the way to the end to the post credit scene, we get to meet Spider Man of 2099, who oh, yeah. who is from the comics. That that's and that's that was one of those things. Where since there was nobody else in the theater and I didn't know this was going to happen. Um, so it's just me and Lucky. Everyone has left already. And when I saw that we're we're doing um, not only are we doing Spider-Man 2099, I was just like, what? This is this is cool. Um, but then we you got Oscar Isaac doing the voice. 
Oh, yeah. I uh-huh. think I did see something about that. Yeah. yeah. And that that was one of those things where it took me, he had to speak a couple lines and I picked up on it. And I'm like, I, uh, I was like, wow. And, but then to where we cap it off with the, uh, you know, at the ending where we're doing the Spider-Man pointing meme. Yes. We're actually doing yeah. it. <laughs> I'm not, po- you're pointing, stop pointing. No, you stop pointing. <laughs> you stop pointing. <laughs> Um, so I, I, uh, so I thought that was really cool. I do have one last quick thing that I want to, uh, that I want to specifically mention that I haven't talked about yet. I'll be very quick, but before I do that, um, Anything that I mean, because I know we we kind of we kind of dragged our feet at the beginning and then blitzed through at the end and <laughs> skipped over the entire plot of the movie. But was there anything specifically that you wanted to call out or mention that that um, that we haven't yet? Like any particular plot points or um, any uh, characters we haven't mentioned? We didn't we didn't really get to talk about Aunt May very much. We didn't get to talk about. You know, Nicolas Cage is as black and white Spider-Man too much. Actually, we talked about a him little a lot bit. now that I'm saying well, we didn't, he was fine. We didn't talk about one of the most present Spider-Mans, which was the Jake Johnson one. Oh, yeah. He, he's in the he's like one of the most present, most dialogue yeah. speaking. Yeah, it, it's almost his movie. Almost. Yeah. If, if Miles wasn't there, it would be his movie. Exactly. <laughs> and And to the point where. It's his hanging out with Miles that I think kind of inclines him to be less jaded. And, you know, he, he's yeah. I, I'm assuming that after he gets back to his home dimension, he's going to go chat with Mary Jane. Well, and he try does. To... They show him. <laughs> they show it. <laughs> I got so excited. I'm sorry I couldn't be there for you. <laughs> we just we it's OK. We just need some more bread. Uh, <laughs> that I was know. that was a great scene. And I and I loved it. That basically it's, you know, it's like, well, how do we get in? You know, we need disguises. They're all dressed up like Spider-Man. They, they don't need disguises. And even Nicolas Cage is like, crap, you this easy. <laughs> it was it was it was a great scene. It was a great scene. Oh, but, and actually, yeah. well, what we should not. I mean, yeah, I could go on forever about Jake Johnson. I know. <laughs> it's such a funny character. He, he really was, brings a lot of humor to the whole thing. He was thing. great. He was perfect person and and i really liked that he's kind of like jaded indifferent spider-man that you know he's been doing it for 20 years he's seen everything even where it's like you know they're they're like in the um uh science place and the lab yeah in the lab science place wow but yeah they're they're up in the in the in the ventilation system watching and it's like now watch you know kingpin is gonna say to to lady dr octopus you know you have 24 hours yeah Watch, watch, watch. You have 24 hours. He's like, see? Because he's seen it all. He gives that that um, that 2020 hindsight perspective yeah, that yeah. N- none of the other characters really have. Mm-hmm. They're still they're still in the thick of the Spider-Man thing. He's now out of it. Mm-hmm. And like Miles is the newest to just enter. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have these opposing perspectives on a very unusual situation yeah. that they're bonded by. Yeah. Um. Which it's just it's cool. It gives perspective and it's funny, kind of sweet. Yeah, definitely sweet. Um, it's kind of bittersweet when you find out he's getting divorced from Mary Jane. Yeah, because you're again like, ouch. <laughs> yeah, well, and and again, Aunt May's dead. Yeah, and yeah, so it's it's and again, it makes sense because it's you know he's so much older and right. time is later. But um, but uh, yeah, but on a totally different note, that yeah. I think we 
cannot end this right. without saying is Stan Lee. That was my one thing. That was my one thing. I was Stan Lee. So yeah. So okay. So I I, I have a I have a couple minutes. I, I or a couple things I want to say on this. So first, the the scene is note perfect. Like you know, uh, Chris Pine Spider Man tells Miles he needs a mask. He goes. Miles goes to the uh, Halloween costume shop, and and yeah, buys his uh, costume from uh, Stan. And I love. That like he's actually Stan. Like he has a name tag that says Stan on it. Doesn't I mean, it say like Stan's comic shop or something, something like, that? like that? It's like he's the owner of that. Yeah. And and you know, it's like he's like, um, oh my god, I, I'm gonna start crying if I oh, if I talk no. about it too much because like uh, you know, he's like, ah, oh, Spider-Man. He's like, We're friends, you know. We go back. Yeah, we go <laughs> way back. And uh, uh and yeah, so it's like I I was I was not prepared because, you know, obviously, you know, we, we lost Stan a, a little bit ago. This is the first movie I've seen with, with a Stanley cameo since he, uh, um, since he's passed and what a beautifully wonderful heartbreaking scene for that to be the first thing you see after he passes. And the thing that, that put me over the edge was it was, um, you know, it's like, well, Miles is concerned that the costume isn't going to fit. And and Stan tells him with, you know, a wink and a smile. And he's like, costume always fits eventually. <laughs> and, and then points to a side that says no refunds. Yes. <laughs> and and I, I read recently that, um, well, first of all, this movie's been in, pro- was in production for like four years. Oh, yeah. It took him a very so it takes forever. So Stan recorded that dialogue. Who knows how long ago? Um, quite some time ago. We'll say like you know upwards to maybe like a year or even more. Yeah. Um. So it was something that was done way way um uh in the past. But what I read recently is that after Stan passed, they went back into the recording sessions of when Stan recorded his lines. And they used a different take than what they had um, initially put in there. Oh. So what we hear in the movie is a different take that's um, a little more warm. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, from what I understand, the original take was very elbow jabby. He's like, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know, hey, true believers that the costume always fits eventually." You know, like you would be accustomed to stand, but. Right. But the way that he delivers it, just kind of like that subdued, just kind of warm grandfatherly type thing where it's like, you know, the costume always fits eventually. And yeah. again, and I don't I don't remember if I'm manufacturing this memory or or if it was there or not. But do we get like like a smile sparkle on that? I, I don't know. Maybe I, we do. I don't remember. I that's It how, would work perfectly. That's how I remember it. <laughs> But I don't know if that again, if that's me just imprinting that that memory on there. But oh, and and the reason why I didn't see it is because I was bawling at that point. Oh no! I mean, so like I was getting choked up when when like you see that it's Stan's comics. I'm like, <gasps> and I like grab Lucky by the arm. I'm like, I'm not ready. <laughs> I don't think anybody was ready and, for that. And then yeah, it was just that that last little bit. You know, um, and and again, the pointing at the sign, <laughs> and it's like that. That's when I felt it like leak out of the the. I'm like, why? Why is the side of my face wet? Yeah. Um, and it it, 
I don't cry at movies. Like I, I shoot, I, I didn't cry when Wolverine died. So I mean, um, but uh, but yeah, no, I that that just that just really got me. But uh, the last thing I want to mention on that is, did you know that that is not the only Stanley cameo in the movie? Mm, I don't think I caught another one. So when um when. Peter B. Parker meets Miles at the at the uh, cemetery, mm-hmm. and he's dragging him through. Like you know, he's all corpsified, and the cops are like, "Let go of that dead body!" Yes. It's, like, it's like that's a really he's, funny he's, line. He's dragging, dragging a dead homeless person through the through the cemetery here, yeah. and they land in a crosswalk. Uh-huh. And like um, somebody uh, uh, walks over him and says, "Like hey, you know, like get out of the way," or like this is a sidewalk or something like that. It's Stan. I missed that because it, it's a blink and you miss it. Oh man! Um, and then that this one, this one, I did not pick up. I I did see the stand thing, but going back to the post credit scene when uh, J. Jonah, Jonah Jameson is, I, I forget what the line is, but at the very end, where like you know they're doing the 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 pointing, no, oh. you're pointing the that voice is Stan Lee. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So they were just throwing a bunch of nuggets everywhere. Yeah, it was it was just and that's the thing. It's just uh it's rich with nuggets. It is. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think I think the fact that he Stan got to be Stan and finally and ju- not yes. just not just like a random cameo, that was the poignant part. Exactly. Like that's his final that's kind of his final cameo mm-hmm. and he's him. Yeah. And we all know who he is, but at least he gets to be himself in this Spider verse. <laughs> exactly. I love that. And um so I, I guess uh, I guess as a final thought, um um how how do you feel about like the the uh inclusion and diversity and because I, I don't know if I've heard you mention a whole lot about that because it it is very diverse. I mean you've I mean obviously you've got Miles Miles Morales as the the main character, but I mean, you've got other spider people as well, and yeah. that's that is something that I I really appreciate in in movies. But when I especially appreciate it, it's when it's well done and it doesn't feel forced. And that's what they got perfectly. It didn't feel forced, and they were all based on comic books. It's it's not yeah. it's not like they were saying, oh well, we need a girl, and oh right. you know what, let's throw a pig in for fun, and let's. Yeah. do this and that it's like no this is real and it's it was an organic yeah collection of different spider people yeah i mean even to the point where we're scraping the bottom of the barrel because i mean like penny parker is like a very very obscure character where it's like i even had to do some research i'm like oh she's from this one comic from this other alternate timeline that one time but i mean i it was a great move putting spider gwen in there because she's incredibly popular in the comics now um and yeah it's just i i i really liked what they do with it and i know this one took four years i hope the next one doesn't take nearly as long because i need i need i need more of this world and i can't wait to see what they do next it i am nervous though because i'm thinking like oh this one was so good i almost want to just be like no more spider-man movies yeah don't just leave it just leave it i love it don't add don't take away just let's 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 just bask in the glory of this movie (laughs) and not do anything to it 
But um, I hope, you know, I think they're coming out with another one, right? I would. Well, I mean, if it's making $305 million um, and is doing very well, um, I, I would imagine. Um, did uh, did you happen to see it in uh, 2D in both both times or did you see uh, 3D? I, I saw it in 2D both times. Oh, okay. Very- I, I think I tried to see it in 3D, but that one was sold out. Oh, gotcha. The second yeah. time around. So. Yeah, I'd really like to see it in 3D and see how how uh, how that how that looks and how that plays out. I think with that animation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. So, um, uh, looking at the time, I think uh, I think we are just about out of time for now. Um, but yeah, I mean, any uh, any closing thoughts? In the wise words of Stanley. That person who helps others simply because it should or must be done and because it is the right thing to do is indeed, without a doubt, a real superhero. Yeah. Let us close on that. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and and it's like they showed the glasses and I'm like, oh, I just, oh, heartbreak. Uh, Heart-wrenching. And I think that was the note perfect way to end that movie. And I agree with you. I think that's a, that's a great, uh, great way to end things for now. It encompasses Spider-Man perfectly. Anyone can wear the mask. Yep. Yep. And, and it, uh, it always fits eventually. Eventually. (laughs) All right. Well, Andrea, this has been an absolute blast. Um, we'll, uh, we will definitely have to get together more in the future. We've, uh, we've talked about a couple different, ideas that maybe we'll have to pull the trigger on in the next uh next uh time yes definitely so thank you for having me oh you're welcome this this was a ton of fun and and again just uh um long time coming i know <laughs> but <laughs> so long. but you know much like when i get together with other friends i haven't connected with a while once that connection is back it becomes easier to go back to it that's so, so true. So I, I would not be surprised if we found ourselves talking again on a podcast sooner rather than later. So I would love that. All right. So uh, for Mike Cybert Radio, my name is Mike. My name's Andrea. And until next time, make good choices. And that will do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it as always. And if you'd like to listen to my past episodes, including all of my college radio shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, the Stitcher Radio app, Apple Podcasts, and on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. And if you'd like to leave a review on iTunes, five stars, please, I will read your review and give you a shout out on the air. And if you're an independent artist and would like to be a guest on the show, let me know and I'll get you on the schedule. Same goes if you're interested in being a guest co-host on the show as well. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Seibert Radio, and write into the mailbag, Mike Seibert Radio at gmail.com. And the spelling on that is S-E-I-B-E-R-T, just the way it sounds. <laughs> My name is Mike, this is Mike Seibert Radio, and until next time, make good choices.